This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! Do you want to watch the Morning Rush halftime, even Ruskin and Zach? Find our live video stream on Facebook, YouTube, X, Instagram, and Twitch. ESPN Arkansas, more than just radio. Uh, Good morning, everybody. Great Wednesday, a little chillier than we've been expecting for the last few days. Great to be with you today. Phil Elson, along with Matt Jones, the C-Unit, Christian Johnston producing. It's halftime on ESPN Arkansas and hitthatline.com. Morning, Matt. You had a late night. I think we all did if we stayed up. Uh, I, I mean, I would have liked to turn it off when Arkansas is down 11 in the last uh, five minutes or so, but they did make it interesting. I just wish that last night's game wasn't so interesting. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that was a uh, heartbreaker. That's um, um, I don't know what you say, man. It looked like they reverted back to bad habits. Really surprised that... Chandler Lawson gets the start. It's like, why are we being so funny? Why are we being cute? Get, 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 riddle me this, Batman. How come you can start but only play four minutes a game? It's like you you can either start and play. Like you can either play or, or it's like you, you're trying to outthink the room a little bit. Uh, you, you, so you have Chandler Lawson doing this starting thing where he's playing four minutes a half. Then he doesn't play anymore. It's like, get out of here. What, 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 are you, what are you doing? I've seen some other coaches do that before where they just throw somebody in there to start. And it's just like you're saying for like maybe four minutes a half. You're like, well, what are, what's the exercise behind this? It doesn't make any sense. It, it really doesn't. I mean, you got a player go out there. Then, he, he, you know, you want to play. Then it's like, well, the, the first dead ball under 16 minutes, I see Mitchell getting up. Well, I'm going to go sit down, and I'll, I'll lather back up to the second half. I don't know. just doesn't make any sense. Uh, Debo Davis, uh, a big zero. Uh, Jeremiah Davenport, the worst game I've seen him play. Uh, couldn't hit a shot. Couldn't do anything. Um, it's, it's, I mean, if you're going to get zero points, uh, Makai Mitchell, zero points, Jeremiah Davenport, three three points. They had more fouls than points, those three guys right there. And we're not good enough. We're not good enough for everybody. Everybody has to play well. We we, we don't have the talent where it's like, oh, well, you can have an off game. And uh, it was pretty – I mean, that was that was the nail in the coffin. That's yeah, it. Everybody – it. it looks like uh, the – I mean, that's – that's it. There's there's nothing else to say. It's it's uh, on to baseball 100% from this point on. Well, they still have to play the games that are in front of them. And right now you're playing on a Wednesday in the and SEC how do you tournament. Not, that might well be the last game you play this year. And and is and I wonder about the coaching staff. You know, how do you not how do you not sub in? You got you got you got Davenport who who can't jump over a a, a film a stack of papers. You know, it's like and then you got him blocking out their biggest guy. Where's Mitchell at? Where's somebody at to to? How are y'all not c- communicating? You know, have you given up? It, it's it's just how do you not call a timeout when you when you've missed fourteen shots in a row and say we got to fix something, we got to change something. You know, it's like it, it's it's kind of like everybody that was just like ugh. No, no, I don't. I don't think anybody's in anymore. I don't. I think it's as far as all of them. They're they're done. Well, the whole narrative of yeah, the th- the season's turned around. Now they're playing well. Now it's you know now they're going to be a little bit of run. Hey, you'll have a great time in the NIT. All of that just comes crashing down with a home loss. To go a to class. Hadn't won a road game. Make sure yet. y'all kids go to class. Well, you've been saying that for a while. There's a lot that you can really dislike about uh, about yesterday's loss to the Vanderbilt Commodores. Uh, how about this? Most points they've scored in a game this year, Vanderbilt. That's 
He got out coached. Stackhouse out coached Muss. You know, I haven't said I haven't seen that a lot. Uh, changing it up with the zone defenses he did. I mean, he was he was messing it up after timeouts, messing it up after dead ball. I mean, changing it up, doing things, uh, and we didn't have an answer. We we just kept going through it. Uh, a little lollygagish. I mean, it really. It was. Uh, it was. We we started well those first nine ten minutes, and then it was it was it was almost like we were tired. We we had no legs, no energy, uh, no want to, no communication. It was. Uh, I mean, if you're a Razorback basketball player, how, how how do you go to class today and hang your head high? I mean, that was that was ridiculous. I mean, it's pretty succinct, Matt. It is. It is pretty succinct. Fan base feels exactly the way you did, but I think they felt like that before the game even started. Do you see photos from the arena? The place was practically empty. You know, it's still reported as a as a sellout. Nineteen thousand two hundred tickets sold. It didn't look like the place was even half full. So, yeah, maybe part of that's an eight o'clock Tuesday game, but it's also that they've been terrible at home this year. Uh, and hey, I'll put a home loss to Vanderbilt by three up there with uh, an 88-point loss at home to Auburn too. I mean, these are almost the same thing. It's not a good Vanderbilt team, but they played uh, they played well. They dominated in in the paint. That's the thing that you, that you don't quite get. You get a guy like Mitchell who's been playing. I mean, even in Muss's words, he's been playing as one of the best centers in the entire SEC for these last six seven weeks. Uh, and 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 yet he's only out there for 18 and a half minutes. I understand he didn't score. Or maybe he wasn't all that interested in, in doing all that much offensively, but still the presence <laughs> is something when you're not getting any any sort of presence like that inside. So eh. you know what, Matt? It just go, it goes along with uh, with the kind of season that we've seen. The only the crazy thing is that they'd lost the last two games to Vanderbilt too, with more talented teams that made a push. At this point of the season, it's just you'd been playing Vanderbilt in January. So you're like, all right, well, well now there's a, there's a chance to try to, you know, but January is usually when you've been playing your worst basketball over the last uh, couple of years under Muss. And now it turns out that, yes, January was bad, and late February is bad too. Vanderbilt did whatever they wanted. Uh, their little guard kept getting to the paint. I mean, they had so many layups that were in the flow of the offense that were uncontested. Uh, we didn't stop ball again in transition, letting the primary ball handler come down, not even making a pass uh, and, and, and doing what he wanted. The bad foul, really bad foul by Brazil late in the game. Uh, the, the Vanderbilt was smarter and more disciplined. That that's that's what I mean. You can't. I don't want dumb players. I, I, I you got to be halfway smart. You got to have a little bit of an awareness. You're a third year SEC guy. I mean, you've been in. You you should know these things. You know, it's the guy gets the ball and he's running back away from. The hoop. There's three seconds on the shot clock, and you dive into him and give him a, and then we don't block out three point play. Game game over. Well, I mean the, yeah, I mean the texts just come. In. I mean this is this is this is the thing. It's like it's late February, but this has kind of been the attitude about the team since the middle of January, and I mean really the alarm bells started going off after you get destroyed by Auburn at home. Maybe you shouldn't have won that game, but it shouldn't have been as bad as it was, and and here it is. It's like almost what seven or eight weeks later. And there's, there's no improvement. The more disciplined team won, the smarter team won. Whatever happened for the last three weeks, you know, playing hard, a game that maybe you should have won against Mississippi State, uh, beating Georgia, you know, going at going to Texas A and M, being the reason right now that A and M is is on the outside looking in from the bubble. 
you know, a nice, impressive win over a really awful Missouri team. All of that stuff just sort of dissipates now. You can't lose at home to a team that hasn't won a road game. You'd have felt the same way if you lost to Missouri. You can't lose a game to a team that hasn't won in 2024. And Vanderbilt hadn't won a road game in all of 2024. Well, and, and we had Alyssa on yesterday, and, and I, one of the things I asked her or we brought up was, I don't want this team to fall in love with the three-pointer because all of a sudden we did well against Missouri. And then and, over half the shots yesterday. And then that's we fall in love with, that's not our game. And then, yeah, it comes back up because it's like a quarterback in the last the last series or last two series when the team goes defense, uh, goes prevent defense, and the quarterback throws for 125 yards, but you're down 28 points. When you're hitting threes, it, you got to take it in context. Those last three or four threes we hit, yeah, that's just all. That's that's like the quarterback adding up to his stats in 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 the prevent. But it's because that's what you got to do. We did not run our offense. We we let we let Vanderbilt control the tempo for ninety percent of the game. It was gross to watch. It was really kind of a it was a bummer. It really was. I listened to uh, I listened to the first half. I watched the second half after baseball yesterday. And it, it was depressing. I mean, you could hear it in Chuck's voice. You could hear it in Zim's voice. And, and then as, as Vandy builds that big lead, like, my gosh. I mean, it's like we're not even trying here until, until it was too late. Until it was too late. And, man, I kind of wish that it would have just, it would have just ended it at a 16-point deficit because we could have all gotten just a tiny little more extra sleep. But baseball team wins by 20. You know, I don't know what you want to y'all take. Y'all picking on those people, man. Don't be picking <laughs> on Graham. They're not going to come back. Y'all do that to a man. That's kind of, well, at least they got to go. They got to leave early, right? <laughs> they got to leave, I don't know, maybe Seven, like, 30, 70, yeah. like 30 minutes early or so. Yeah, I mean, they got paid to come up. I don't even think they stayed in Fayetteville. They, they didn't Smash get a hotel. Grab, huh? Dude, they didn't yeah. get a hotel. They got their check. They showed up. They got their butts kicked, and they went back to Grambling. Or probably on the road somewhere because they don't even play a home game for the another, first month. Another stop. That's right. Yeah, they're just collecting checks on the way. And, well, and getting their butts kicked along. along. You know, it's, it's, all, it's the same team that after Arkansas went to Arlington last year, came back, played Grambling, and needed like a comeback and beat Grambling 9-7. to seven. So... <laughs> 21 to nothing 21 to nothing until the seventh inning run by Grambling. So I mean I mean take what you will from that. It's they're 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 running a single pitcher there that's gonna ever, you know, pitch at a higher level. Uh, none of them would be on SEC teams. Razorback pitchers look really good, so that was nice. But, you know, it's just it's really just um I mean you would have gotten more from playing a scrimmage. Truthfully, you would have gotten more from playing yourself. Do, do you think so? So we had week two this year when Arkansas couldn't run the ball at home and then everybody was talking about hitting. So you kind of feel a little better. Like that's what you'd have liked to see out of the football team week two last year. Right. Have 250 yards <laughs> yeah. rushing the 21 points because everybody's like, oh, can we hit? Can we hit? I don't know. The pitching's going to change. Lowered, lowered uh, opponent couldn't run the ball. You saw what happened. So maybe that's a good sign for the Hogs. Yeah, they, they started hitting. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Dry January is over. 
Check out the new Valentine's Day specials like liquor-filled chocolates. They have Jack Daniels Store Pick Barrel and Willet Bourbon and Rye as well. Come by Eastside Liquor at 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith. Now back to the podcast. Oh, it's a good choice of song there uh, by uh, by Matt Jones, who's our professional DJ here on Halftime. And let's bring on Grant Hall, uh, who joins us each Wednesday here on Halftime. Appreciate that. Grant, when you hear that song, times are changing after watching basketball last night. Yeah, it kind of fits, doesn't it? Is Grant there? Grant. I hear a radio in the background. OG, yeah, OG Grant. Uh, oh, there he is. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Grant, you got to turn the radio I down. Then we can hear we can hear all kinds of feedback coming in. There we go. It sounds like he might. Well, I had to put him on hold. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I got to make sure that we don't hear the, uh, the the everything coming back. Grant, you there? All right, let me just. Uh, turn that down. How's this? Is this oh, better? that's a heck of a lot better. That's perfect, actually. Thank you. Thanks. Somebody asked me before the game um, about Martin Terry, and then sure enough, uh, Battle became the guy that scored the most points in two consecutive games since Martin Terry at Arkansas, who played uh, for Lanny Van Eman back in the, the or I guess early seventies to mid seventies somewhere in there. So uh, that was interesting. But you know, I went home and watched the game again after watching it live, and. Arkansas cut a 16-point deficit to one, you know, late in the game. and then, But they did the, the craziest thing. I thought, you know, Arkansas cut it to three with 48 seconds left and then didn't really foul until, until uh, Brazil went flying across the court to foul a guy with four seconds left on the shot clock um, about 35 feet from the basket. Yeah, at that point, it, the guy didn't seem to realize, even though he was near Vanderbilt's hey, fence. But yeah, go hey, ahead. hey Grant, when so when Brazil fouled out right there, did you count five on him because they were saying four? Now, who did we sub in right there? Did we put Davenport to go down there on the block, or was Davenport already in the game? Why didn't we sub in a big? Uh, to, to, I don't know because yeah. you know, Matt, it, when you look right before the free throw, there's um, Ellis over there in the number three position reminding uh, Mark on the number one position on the other side to, you know, to box to out. squeeze, so, yeah. Right. He was doing that. And then uh, they just – now, when you watch it again, it's, it's egregious anytime you miss a free throw block out like that after the guy misses two free throws especially. It happens once or twice a year to a good team. This one did hit the front of the rim. It bounced back quite a way. And it's interesting that Lubin is that ASA, the Vanderbilt player uh, who was interviewed, by the way, on television afterwards. And he talked about how his coach always says rebound with two hands. Well, he got, he got this one with one and put it back in. The problem was he wasn't fouled. He I mean, wasn't and, fouled. No, you're right. No. And, I mean, Eric mentioned that after the game. I mean, one of the many situations of the game where guys weren't fouled, it was called. But, I mean, it was just so that point ended up making a difference. Because instead of trying to hit a three at the end, you could have been trying to hit a two. Uh, I mean, you never know how things are going to go after something happens. It could have changed things. But uh, So anyway, and, that, and I thought that uh, probably Vanderbilt would foul and not allow a three-point attempt. But as they said afterwards, they were afraid of a four-point play, you know. And so they uh, Martin yeah, got a you- pretty good shot. 
Yeah, if you have to make that to tie it up, we'll, we'll take our chances at OT. I, I, I feel that play. You know, and then and the, it, the other interesting thing about the last few seconds, Arkansas put Pinion in for the first time in, what, four or five games, I think. And so I'm thinking, well, he's a decoy because the, it's so obvious that he's a good three-point shooter. But if you look, uh, I'm looking, I ran it back, and with 1.7 left, Pinion's wide open in the corner. I mean, I think... Mark had time to fire it to him to get a shot, but you're—I mean—that's an awfully tough situation for a guy who hadn't played in five games. Just all of a sudden, you know, you're going to hit the game tying three, and then Battle. Even the, I, I know that uh, Stackhouse said they didn't want Battle to get the ball. I even think they could have, but I mean, you know, Mark did the right thing. You got to get a shot off there, and and it just didn't go in. It's funny when you look at the last couple of seasons, the Vanderbilt losses were were losses that eventually you look back and just kind of poo-poo them you know you 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 improved after that you got past it um and, and it's a little different this year because of, of where the game falls on the schedule instead of the middle of january the end of january it's the end of february but grant i mean you know looking at the big picture here i mean we're talking about you know the the, the nitty-gritty in this little game that was played last night that was the nail in the coffin last night that was it that was it i mean you're not you're not going to be kentucky you're not going to beat alabama even if we beat LSU, you're still playing the, the, the first day of Nashville. It's not a team that's going to be making a run in Nashville. That was the nail in the coffin. It's at, least, at least that's what it feels like. Well, you know, Arkansas has got a chance to, I guess, pull a Syracuse and win five games in the tournament. They, they've won four. Georgia won four. You know, but when Arkansas won four, they had Brandon Dean and, and Joe Johnson. Now, you could say this. You, what if Battle keeps scoring 30 a game? I mean, what if he keeps doing this into the tournament? then you, you've really got a hot hand. But the problem is try winning five games in five days with a with a short bench. Now, I saw Minifield shoot around uh, after the game, and he looked pretty good. He, he didn't really look injured. You know, I mean, obviously hamstring, you can't really tell. But I think he's about ready to play. Obviously, uh, you know, Brazil is back uh, fairly effective last night, uh, despite the bad decision to foul there at the end. And then you've got uh, Graham, who I'm assuming would probably come back at some point. So, no, I mean, I'm not going to sack the bats, the bats quite yet. I, I even think they might. I was thinking until last night that they might go play pretty well at Kentucky because of, of the extra rest, you know. Now, if you watch Kentucky's game, uh, here's Reed Shepard going for 32-5-7. and seven. I saw his dad play. His dad's career high was 27 points. Jeff Shepard and, and Reed didn't know that until they told him after the game. But he made this amazing about 16-foot floater off the wrong foot to win that game last night and intercepted the long pass to boot, you know. And it reminded me of Bob. I, I'm old enough, uh, guys, to remember watching Bob Cousy play for the Celtics. And he spent one entire summer uh, working on wrong foot shots. And that's what Shepard made last night. So, they, and then I was I was happy to hear uh, Pat Bradley, who's, all, who's from Massachusetts. You know, he he did he picked that up. He said it was a wrong foot shot by Shepard. And you know, Kentucky also has uh, oh, what's the guard's name? That didn't play last time against Arkansas. Dillingham. Back. Yes, Dilling, Yeah, Dillingham. He scored. I think he scored nine last night. And they're a lot better team than they were when they won by six here. You know. I mean, you shouldn't probably expect a game Saturday, except that nothing makes any sense in this league. This league, last night, the three games, six points difference. 
all great games. You know, the Georgia LSU has won three straight by one point, right? Something like that. And, uh, it, by the way, we get to see them here, too, before it's over with. Well, that's the, that's the wild thing here. It's like Arkansas was in this place these last three years where they, they've been the most successful team in the SEC. Um, and, and now in a year where the SEC may get seven, eight teams into the tournament, Arkansas probably going to miss out on the entire postseason. Everybody, you know, Arkansas has been, been surpassed by, like, at least right now, like 11 other schools, at least as the standings are concerned. But you won't have the chance to, uh, to make a case about, you know, where you are as far as postseason. I just don't, I don't see an NIT bit at all. Um, and if they were, like, nobody, nobody cares. It's, I mean, I'm not even talking about the players because if they got a game in front of them, I would hope they care. Well, I mean, if you, NIT. if you can't beat Vanderbilt at home, uh, who, who are, how much are you going to draw? There were maybe 7,000 fans there last night, and you had what I thought was like negative symbiosis in that fans started leaving with 12 minutes to go. It really was. I mean, if that had been a rocking house, uh, as close as they got to the upset, they might have pulled it off. You know, maybe, maybe it affect, would have affected officials a little bit more down the stretch. So the, and and that's been the case for two three games in a row, you know the fans have kind of checked out in that sense. So uh, you, you're probably right, Phil. But I do think the team's still playing hard, and with, there's something that never never question this team's effort. I have not one single single time, Grant. Yeah, the the team is playing hard. It's it's just a lack of talent, and and the fans. I wrote down. There was two oh four left. The fans were doing the hog call. This is uh, that was the first time I'd heard the fans do the hog call. And to your point, the it's uh, what is there to hog call about when Vanderbilt comes in here and slaps you around like Will Smith does uh, Chris Rock and makes you like it? Uh, who, who you hog calling? <laughs> yeah, and, and you're right. I mean, the fans that did stay and, and did, you know the loyal ones, they did make noise at the end when it finally when they saw an opportunity there. Remarkably, to I mean, there was that steal by Ellis and the three pointer by Battle, and and all of a sudden, I mean, you know, Vanderbilt had to make two free throws with three point five to go to make it more comfortable for them. Grant, unfortunately, the the women's team is in a position where you know they've got two games left. They're two really tough games: Carolina at home tomorrow, at Ole Miss. Ole Miss has won four straight, um, and if they don't find a way to like get an upset somehow here very well could be looking at playing the first day in Greenville. And I would not, if you were to take me back to November, if you would have asked me about one of the, what won't happen, what won't happen in the spring? The thing I would tell you wouldn't happen in the spring is that both men's and women's basketball would play the first day of the SEC tournament. And right now, I mean, it's starting to look like a reality. Yeah, that's, uh, and speaking of Vanderbilt, you know, they they beat Arkansas, too, uh, on the women's side when you probably weren't expecting it. And I, I think Shay Ralph has done a tremendous job. This is the first time that women's team has won 20 in 11 years. I didn't realize that. <laughs> you know, they, they used to be pretty good in women's basketball. It's been a long drought. And now uh, she, I told Shay, I, I said, I, that your pregame warm-up and the things y'all, that's the most impressive thing I've seen all year. They, they've kept a great attitude. Everything they do is for a purpose. And they just came in here and, and uh, took the game away from Arkansas, which is, you know, I mean, you, you've lost to Leah Scott and you've lost these other players. Uh, it's just been a, it's been a tough finish for uh, Mike. And he did say they, they've got a, an NIT bid pretty much guaranteed. I think he told us that after the game. 
for, for whatever that's worth. Yeah, there's another tournament that the NCAA has created that, you know, it's called the WBIT. Then there's the, the NIT. So I think the NIT is more like the third level. The WBIT would be the second level. And, you're, and he's right. I mean, they're, they're going to be in either one of those. Uh, so there is something to be said about that. But will Talia be playing for them then? Like, I, you know, it's a, it's, so it's a, it's a serious family emergency. There, there's been no update. Uh, and whatever it is, I, I hope that her family is, 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 is okay, you know. But that's, yeah, that's I, all I the information that, we have. I think the family's okay. Someone said last night they thought it was a back issue. Somebody had talked to the father, and, you know, she had that earlier this year. Uh, but, what you know, whether that means she's coming back here or, uh, you know, someone told me in December that Arkansas have, have a hard time keeping her because of NIL. Arkansas is not exactly at the forefront of NIL money in the SEC, as you may have noticed, you know. And I know, Eric, that's a concern for him. He, he thinks that this program can come right back if, you, if you're if you on a level playing field with other teams in the conference. So uh, that's something to keep an eye on. Grant, this is something I'll get into in the next hour. Um, you know, the executive director of Arkansas Edge tweeted yesterday, uh, you know, fo- showing the recruiting rankings in football, Arkansas is 22nd and whatever the rankings were. And he said that they can be within the top 15 with proper NIL funding. And it's, I mean, it's crowdsourcing at that point. You're asking your fans to essentially fund the NIL to pay the players. Now, I've always said in college sports, you don't have ownership. There's no owners uh, so no one's making the profit. The profit goes to salaries, yes, but it also goes back into the whole athletic department. Um, but there's a double-edged sword with this when you're talking about a state that's as small as Arkansas because if there aren't deep pockets owners, then who's paying the players? You know, you can have, you can have ownership in a small market that makes big investments and spends money for, for players, for free agents, for all of that kind of stuff. Um, but you don't have that in college sports. So in this case, like the, the population of the fan base actually matters a lot with NIL. And that's, that might not be a good thing for Arkansas at all. Yeah, and if you, you know, there are all these, these families in northwest Arkansas, we could all recite them together in unison, you know, but typically. Yeah, but, we can't, but we can't expect that, they're, that, that, that the Hunt no, family and, and the Waltons and, and all of them are going to fund this. Yeah, and they have not been uh, that involved traditionally in the past, as, as people might think they would or could be. You know, there's one family I think that uh, is is more active that way. But there are things there. To, I don't know. I had a long talk with a guy a couple of weeks ago. It's fascinating. Not something we can talk about on radio in in two minutes. But, uh, but yeah, I mean that that's a big factor in all this. We'll leave it there, Grant. I appreciate your time as always. Thank you. Uh, travel safe, and we'll revisit next week. Okay. Okay, thanks. See you guys. Thank you, Grant. Grant Hall with us every Wednesday on Halftime. That is, that, is, that is the thing, I think, that I'm starting to coalesce around the idea of NIL. You know, if we're going to sit around and wait for the billionaires to fund Arkansas athletics, I don't think they're all interested in doing that. And are there enough Razorback fans with disposable income who probably also give to the Razorback Foundation and buy season tickets and all of that, all the money that already spend on the Hogs? Is there more? Is there more in your pockets which are already stressed to fund NIL? That's what I, that's what this is about now. 877-377-6963 is our McClarty Daniel hotline. We'll be right back. 
Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Hey guys, did you know there's a generic form of Viagra that works just the same, but is 95% cheaper? And you can get it online? Just go to hymns.com slash joy. Through Hims, you'll get a free medical consultation, discreet shipping if prescribed, a 100% online process, and trusted generic alternatives to the name brands at up to 95% off. That's right, get generic for Viagra, the same active ingredient as brand name Viagra, but for 95% less. It's the same medication, still prescribed by a licensed medical provider, but with zero copay, no expensive appointments, and no awkward face-to-face conversations. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, hymns.com slash joy. That's hymns.com slash joy for your free online visit, H-I-M-S dot com slash J-O-Y. You're listening to Halftime Live from the Crabtree RV Center Studios. Crabtree RV Center, where RVing is life. The American Patriot Promotions Gun Show is coming to Russellville at the Pope County Fairgrounds March 9th and 10th. Doors will open Saturday, March the 9th at 9 a.m. and stay open till 5 p.m. And open Sunday, March the 10th from 9 a.m. and stay open till 3 p.m. It's just $10 per person. Plus, get a discounted rate of just $8 if you're a veteran, active military, or police. For more information, go to AmericanPatriotPromotions.com. John Plyler Home Center in Glenwood is a family-owned company started in 1954 that now serves many cities and counties in southwest Arkansas. John Plyler Home Center provides building materials, electrical needs, plumbing, hardware, lumber, paint, appliances, and much more. The employees are helpful and knowledgeable, providing service you won't receive at the big-name national hardware stores. Visit the John Plyler Home Center at 101 West Broadway in Glenwood and follow them on Facebook. Hi, I'm Kelly Smith, owner of Dixie Digital Imaging. Are you stuck in a paper jam of printer prices? Paper cuts from budget cuts? Don't throw in the towel. Call Dixie Digital Imaging and dive into our new and used inventory blowout. We're slashing prices on top-of-the-line Xerox Brother and Epson printers and multifunction devices. Gently used or brand new models that are tired of being in our warehouse. Don't miss out on these deals. Call 479-783-6600 for more details. Quantities and availability are limited. Dixie Digital Imaging, bringing document innovations to the River Valley. It's sad that we live in an unsafe world, but we do. Would you be able to show the police who was at your home if something was taken? Gartronic installs alarm systems as well as camera systems. We here at ESPN rely on our Gartronic installed cameras to keep an eye on what's going on around our building, as many of you do. Gartronic has been serving the River Valley for over 60 years. Call Gartronic for a free estimate so you'll be able to show the police who the bad boys are that took your belongings. License E50. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in downtown Hot Springs, Arkansas is the perfect destination when you're coming to town for live racing with stakes races and the Arkansas Derby. Don't forget to book your room for the Great American Eclipse. Join us for this once-in-a-lifetime experience in the heart of downtown, close to shopping, restaurants, entertainment, hiking trails, and events. Experience all the luxury and hospitality of a Grand Southern Hotel. The accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com or call for more details. It's time to vote for your favorite high school player of the week. ESPN Arkansas and Shamrock Roofing and Construction are recognizing the most outstanding high school student athletes. Visit hitthatline.com each week to vote for your favorite athlete of the week. The high school player of the week is brought to you by Shamrock Roofing and Construction. No one can install a better roof at a better price with a better warranty than Shamrock. Visit them at shamrockroofer.com. Visit the nominees each week at hitthatline.com. High school hard 
your home for every Razorback football, basketball, and baseball game. ESPN 96.3. on 99.5 in Northwest Arkansas, 95.3 in Fort Smith and the River Valley, 96.3 in Hot Springs and Central Arkansas, 104.3 in Harrison and Mountain Home, and everywhere on HitThatLine.com. Join the conversation. Call or text ESPN Arkansas on the McClarty Daniel Hotline, 877-377-6963. Now back to the hosts. Here's Phil Elson and Matt Jones. Oh, we got a text from Diane in Jonesboro who uh, talks about uh, NIL. She says there's nothing left to give. She, they contribute, she and her family, I'm assuming, contribute $5,000 per year to the Razorback Foundation, four football season tickets, two basketball, two baseball, two softball tickets per season. I mean, that's a lot of money to spend on four programs. And she says, I'm drained and frankly pissed that this is where we find ourselves. So in this case... I mean, and it's probably, she's not the only person that's going to feel like this. Already spending, I would assume, you know, over $10,000, well over $10,000, and being asked to, uh, to donate more and not know what you're getting for it. That's the other aspect of this. Like, for what you, what you contribute to the foundation, it gives you the access to buy season tickets. You buy the tickets, well, you get the experience of the game. What do you get for NIL? You don't really know. Right? You're, you're, you're paying a player in that case, I guess. Glenn in Tawnytown says anyone that contributes to NIL is really stupid. I've asked him why he feels that way. I'm waiting to hear a response. Uh, but this is where you find yourself. You know, if, you're, if, you're, if you live in a state that's smaller, like Arkansas is, and the fan base is smaller because of that, and it's a smaller university compared to the rest in the SEC, well, um, there's just more resources elsewhere. Right now, there's going to be more resources at, man, I'm just looking at the list. Tennessee, Alabama, Auburn, Carolina, Kentucky, Florida, LSU, A&M, Georgia, and Mizzou, too, has Arkansas, I think, uh, is in front of Arkansas as far as NIL is concerned. So it leaves you ahead of maybe Vanderbilt, Mississippi State, and we know the situation at Ole Miss as far as money they're spending for football, so they must have some sort of deep pocket going on there. Well, you gotta you gotta evaluate talent. There, there's no, uh, there's still a lot of talent, high school talent, Division two talent, other talent you can go out there and get. You're right. We're turning into Moneyball. I mean, we're gonna the, the Arkansas athletics has to turn into the Tampa Bay Rays mm-hmm. or the Oakland A's. Mm-hmm. You know, from from the Moneyball days with Billy Bean. Yeah, you really. You got to find uh, value where you can find value, because you're not going to be able to uh, outspend 
the other the other schools in the SEC. And it used to be, well, you got to spend more on coaches and on facilities and everything. And uh, now there's pl- now there's the players, and it's you know you kind of you kind of see I think where where we fit into all of this right now. It takes a little while to get there, but that's that's where I've uh, that's where I've landed upon this. Eight seven seven three seven seven sixty nine sixty three on. Any uh, any thoughts about that? No, Bruce, I'm not saying we're going to suck forever. Um, I'm just kind of laying out where it looks to me like the playing field is right now. You know, I'll, I'll complain about, um, like in professional sports, how small market teams are in that same position that Matt's saying. Uh, you just don't have the size of a fan base that, you know, like the Pirates don't have the same size fan base as the Yankees. It's pretty easy. It goes along with TV markets. goes along with the amount of money that you'll get from your regional cable network or whomever airs the games. Um, in this case, Arkansas is small market compared to the rest of the SEC teams. Well, you, you got to find other ways. Uh, the The number one thing you have to do if you got to go uh, to Congress, what is it, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, wh- whatever you got to do, you have to get your in-state kids. Nobody listens to me for, I don't know why anybody would ever listen to me, but there's a you got you were bountiful in in-state talent especially in basketball why why you you're 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 talking about resources and money and funding they're right here in our backyard Mm -hmm. if you'll just go get them i mean you look i mean that that would be value that you're talking about and well that's exactly what that is in the missouri model you're able to pay the kids when they're juniors in high school you know that if you're able to get them if they're going to an in-state school and you're in in your state i mean that's another that's what i mean there's there's ways to get to get it if you really if you really want to well in that case so you 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 play upon the emotions of a kid from arkansas uh, you know, hope, and, you know, probably they do have um, a, an emotional connection to Arkansas athletics. Uh, but even in that case, like, you know, Courtney Crutchfield chooses to go play at Missouri up north, uh, even though he's a kid from Pine Bluff. And we have the example of a couple of and it's not that they didn't recruit him that we know the other a couple of the other uh, top uh, football players in Arkansas high school last year that weren't recruited by Arkansas. And I know that turns into a real head scratching situation when you're talking about these things, Matt, because there were two really talented quarterbacks that didn't recruit. They're going to go play somewhere else. Division one, one of them in the SEC. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, you always, didn't you always have to quote unquote build a fence around Arkansas if you're going to be successful now uh, it feels like that fence might have to what's what's sort of an analogy here put a little razor wire on it you know maybe make it an electrical fence so the kids can't get out you got to keep them here you got to make it a priority and and we haven't made it a priority we 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 think that a a three-star or four-star just because he's from florida or california or wherever you want to say is 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 better and it's not the case all the time i mean you're getting i think you get kids that they're 18, 19 years old. Uh, you, you taking away homesickness. You know, they're in their backyard. Uh, you're getting guys that grow up. What do, what do you hear with all these guys when they talk about, they're like, well, I grew up a fan of this team, where they grew, where they were, where they were born and raised. You know, it's like you don't have to – it's going to be good locker room guys. You don't have to worry about a lot of things. You're going to get a, a lot of play out of them. But, you know, to each their own. We, we can keep finishing one and seven in conference and throwing out whatever this is on the, on the hoop court because it's, it's been a bummer. Yeah, and, and, and here's a text that, uh, that I, I can't read the whole thing as I'm, as I'm talking at this moment, but the first sentence uh, does kind of hit with some truth. 
Um, this texter says, NIL in its current form is stupid because it's all dependent on the fans paying the players. All right, now, I agree with that. I agree with that. This is further example of, so when eventually, look, I don't know, do the collectives go away once you go to the employer-employee model? Um, at, you know, at that point, now you have you know, set rules of contracts, amount of money that's paid. The university has, a, has a, a pool of money that goes specifically to player salaries. And at that point, are you still, are you still asking for NIL donations for, you know, because now we're like, there's this wink, wink, nudge, nudge that it's not play for play, uh, pay for play, even though that's exactly what it is. So, you know, does it, I don't know. I just don't see NIL going away, even in, even in, a, in, even in an employer-employee model. Like, you, you're not going to be able to restrict athletes' earning potential for things that are, quote-unquote, off the court, off the field, and not part of their duties with playing for this school. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to tell you that Arkansas is going to always suck. No, they're not. I don't think so. Part of it is what you're saying, Matt. I mean, you get the right recruit. You look in the right place. Uh, you will find good players, diamonds in the rough, so to speak. But I also wonder if, because we are in that, we're going to get to that point where it's the employee, employee, employee model. But does NIL at that point still exist to where it's not a level playing field still? You know, which, I don't know, it just feel, it feels really, really broken right now. And it's depressing to think about. <laughs> that's, that's kind of the other thing I get about this from the text line, is there's a feeling of hopelessness across the fan base. I mean, there hasn't been a single positive text about it yet, and I understand why. 877-377-6963 uh, calls and texts when you have thoughts about that. And here it was. I was going to try to get into a lighthearted segment about, hey, there have been some weird things with baseball teams recently. There was a Wagner player that got locked in a bathroom over the weekend, and they couldn't, you know, they had delayed the Texas A&M-Wagner game because of that. Jackson State played in Starkville yesterday, but they had to delay the first pitch for 30 minutes because Jackson State left their uniforms at home. Nice. That's more fun to talk about than NIL, but it's not as important as NIL. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in downtown Hot Springs, Arkansas, is the perfect destination for your next getaway. Join them for a romantic Valentine's Day getaway with a special dinner or romance package. Or if you're coming to town for live racing, they've got room for you every weekend, including Martin Luther King Day weekend and President's Day weekend. Experience all the luxury and hospitality of a Grand Southern Hotel. The accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more details. That's ArlingtonHotel.com. Bet Online continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up-to-the-minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting, contests, and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or mobile device. Head to Bet Online today to become part of the team. And remember to use the promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. The game starts here. Clay Henry is well with us until the end of the show today. All right, so what did, what did we figure out as far as some of these terminologies are? Because I looked up some of the baseball stuff. Um, you know, if you strike out, you go 0 for 4, you wear the collar. You strike out four times in a game, you get a platinum sombrero. Five times in a game, 
is a is a platinum sombrero. Four is a golden sombrero. Folds, did I say platinum twice? Mm. Four is the golden sombrero. Five is the platinum sombrero. Uh, six strikeouts is go get another job. <laughs> Change it, your major. <laughs> exactly. Um, so what would uh, what what did we hear? So a hat trick in soccer is uh, is is three. Four. What did you find out? Four. It's is? a haul. No, that's H A U L, like U haul. Like U haul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And two and two's a brace, uh, but they they start there. But yeah, a haul for for four. Why do we need something to describe two of this? I thought three would be the special. Well, it's, thing. It's, soccer, it's a lot of one one zero games. You're right. You know, it's it's kind of if scoring two's like like a Dame Lillard going for thirty four. You know, that's kind of what. Yeah. So three touchdowns in a football game would be. That's a new Camaro. That's a that's a new free agent <laughs> contract. Yeah. That's a raise in your NIL. Yeah. You got it. You, yeah, you got it. Yeah. So Who's I'm playing like, with or, a squeaky toy like back there, new, Clay? I hear a squeaky new, toy. Yeah. So, I, you know, Gene Ann's gone, so I'm entertaining <laughs> the dogs. And, and uh, they, this, 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 this young one that's uh, 15 months old, it, you know, she hits little spurts. And she's got three toys on the couch, and all of them are squeaky toys. And she's going from one to the next. And then she looks at me like, "Are you gonna, are you gonna play or what?" I started, started. I was looking around like, "Wait a minute, what's going on here? Is the cat getting into something?" No, she's quiet. Can you, she's, hear, you can hear. Oh, you can't not hear it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, she's her tail is wagging, and she's on the couch. You know, she's a yellow lab, and she's bouncing around the couch. There's there's yellow hair all over the couch now. <laughs> This is what happens when dad is left home to watch over the pups, right? <laughs> yeah, or kids. It's the same, yeah. And then the the 15-year-old, the old girl, she looks at me like, "Make her stop. Can you get can you get rid of this puppy?" <laughs> She's bless her heart. Uh, four touchdowns in a game, according to Jody and Harrison, is an Al Bundy. <laughs> an Al Bundy. That's, that's perfect cuz I remember hearing that story about him too. Absolutely. Uh so, all right, so on the NIL, it kind of was a good segue yeah. onto this. I don't know if you saw uh, uh, Chris Bauer, who's the executive director of Arkansas Edge, yep. tweeted yesterday um, about, and he was he, he quote tweeted a the football recruiting class, which is ranked number twenty three in whatever the rankings are, and and he says on the tweet, uh, we can have a top fifteen class essentially if we give more to Arkansas Edge. The the replies. The replies to that tweet were not favorable. No. Um, not at all. Because, and, and when you read the replies, it's the same thing that we've had on the text line when I brought this up in the first hour. Fans feel overtaxed uh, already as pillars of the Razorbacks financially with season tickets and merchandise and donations to the foundation. And, and they feel, look, yep. I mean, maybe some of this is because of the lack of success ROI, in major sports. Yep. Return on investment. Yes. That's the thing is that you expect the return on your investment. Tickets, you buy tickets, you get the experience to the game. When, foundation, you donate to the foundation, you get access to the tickets. But if you're paying into NIL, what's your return on investment? Wins. Yeah. So this is, uh, this is one of those old, old questions. Which comes first, the chicken or the egg? And I think what's going on, like at Ole Miss in Missouri right now, is that they see success. So, you know, they've checked. They apparently, we don't really know. Nobody gives out numbers. There's no, there's no database for funds, you know, what's being spent, you know, and, you know, 
some sports you got salary caps. There is no salary cap in this, so you don't know what Missouri and Ole Miss and others and you know Texas are actually spending. But the suspicion is okay. They're winning, so their fans are they they've they've they're jumped in with two feet, whereas Arkansas fans are jumping in with one foot. Well, I I don't know that that's true. I had an interesting experience last week, Phil. I mentioned it kind of in the break. I was in a, a local business in Fayetteville that does in, you know, retail and car type stuff. And it's like, man, it is dramatically different, my business. I used to be dealing with athletes that had broken down cars. In fact, he mentioned Darren McFadden with an old, old Crown Vic that was always having something, you know, needed to be fixed. And he says, now... I'm dealing with athletes, and they've got new cars, and they've got they're they're spending money on rims, tires, you know, different lift kits. They're they're spending money differently, but they got new cars. And his take was, our athletes are doing pretty good in NIL, hmm. based on what he's seeing. Well, and, and to your to your point, Phil, and and I think to, to your point too as well, Clay. Uh, combined right now uh, between the, the the two varsity sports, the, two, the the juggernauts, the basketball team and the football team, we have six conference wins. That's yeah. I mean that's that's a bummer. That's, ROI. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah. So it's like what you know what, how 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 much do we have to give? What what? But we don't know that. We we're not we do not know. Okay, when, what, how much, and then have we got enough? Was it, oh, we just got to get more. Well, I, it's it's really tough. It's about how you allocate it. It's it's about how how you evaluate the talent yep. and getting the right guy. It's I don't I don't know that you just throw money at it. You you gotta there has to be have, a process. You have so, to be better than everybody else at exactly. Well, you that. need an Arkansas. You need an Arkansas coordinator. You need a Division two uh, recruiting guy. You need somebody who's watching Mountain West tape, Pac twelve tape. Somebody saying, hey, these are guys that that can make this jump up. And, and somebody who do we have not have anybody out there evaluating this stuff? Yeah, they're they're doing they've got all well they need to do better because they're i mean what what, where the well but they'll tell you we do know who we want but we don't have enough money for some of them that's what they're saying and that's just an excuse that's that's what the pirates say every year when it comes to free agency and 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 you know where i am on them and i hate i hate to like you know keep going back to that i don't believe what they tell me you got a billionaire owner you can spend money on these guys you know do i i mean i i actually kind of do believe that that, that Arkansas doesn't have the NIL funds that somebody else does. So maybe in that case, Clay, maybe you got to lower your expectations as to who it is you're shooting for, right? I mean, if you, yeah, if you don't have the funds to go get the top free agent in college basketball on an well, annual basis, you got to lower your expectations see, and find I don't value. Think, I don't think it's real. I don't think anything has, has really changed. And I think it still comes down to evaluation of talent. And instead of evaluating, okay, you've got X number of five stars out there, and you know, you know, Alabama was getting most of them. Texas is getting a good chunk. Uh, Southern Cal is getting. I'm talking about nationally. Southern Cal is getting a good chunk. Ohio State's getting a new good chunk. Then there's a you know another group of four stars. But the bulk of who you're, you know, that you were signing at Arkansas. You know, four, five, six, four stars. The rest are three stars. Well, there's like five thousand of those, and they're not all created equally. You know, some you know some are coming, some are going. In other words, some have peaked out, and some of them are still developing. 
and so you have to you have to evaluate as a head coach and assistant coaches where are those three stars in their development and how how much further but it's the same thing now it's not high school players it's okay there's a guy at Louisiana Tech and how's he doing in the Sun Belt or the Southland I mean how and how will he be if we take him um, because there's you know there's 3,000 in the portal you got to go out there and evaluate so it still comes down to evaluation projection and filling needs well I haven't evaluated too well no this, not yet uh, look Mus has evaluated very well previously uh, <laughs> you got the track record of that uh, but go can, back to what I said about filling needs mm-hmm. they didn't have tackles you can't you can't miss you know, in an area like that, you got to have a right tackle and a left tackle on offense. You got to. Yeah, JT points out about Hunter Dickinson. Openly wanted him. Grant Nelson. You know, we wanted him. They went to they went to higher bidders. But that's not any different than it's ever been. That's not any different. I mean, do you think Nolan, when they won the '94 championship, got everybody that they wanted? No, they didn't. They picked right. Some of those guys weren't the highest of five. Corliss Williamson was. Scotty Thurman wasn't being recruited by everybody in the country. Louisiana Tech wanted him. LSU kind of wanted him. That's that's nailing your evaluation. Well, and those were high school players, too. Yeah, you know, but it's like still Dickinson, evaluation. Oh, it is, it is evaluation. It's just that there's, there's more proof of somebody's ability to play well in college if they've played three or four years. You know, a guy like Dickinson would have paid dividends for this team, like Nelson too. I don't. That wasn't a matter of, you know, you you whiffed on on a big man. So you didn't really bring Wait. anybody in. Brought Wait. in Lawson, and I'm, I'm not sure how much of a big man he is. Lawson, I, yeah, Lawson's okay. I, I still don't understand how you start a guy and then he doesn't play anymore. We, we don't. Ha- I, 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 we have some guards. All right, we have a collection of guards. We do not have a point guard this year. There's not one guy on here you say that's a point guard. I've never. I have not seen a college basketball team ever do good without not with that not having a point guard it's like not having a quarterback you we, we don't have a guy that you like that's our point guard so you, you tell me which player on this team has got everything he's a you know like phil we we call them five tool players in baseball you get very rare does a college team get a five tool player so but w- which of these basketball players are can they shoot? Can they defend? Can they re- I mean, which one Mark, of these? Mark would have the, the most the, checks. That's the closest. Mark has the most checks. But but if you go back and you look at 94, 95 Razorback team, they had about 12 that could do everything. Alex Tillard wasn't a great defensive player, but the rest of them, and they all had one thing, toughness. What I a, do not see that on this team. Well, okay. So then, I mean, there are other that's tools. A, that's, to, a, that's a recruitable asset toughness there are other tools that that are different from the physicality of of what we're talking about which are which are tools and i you know, i know this is a baseball aspect of it but i think it's the same with basketball too there is a sixth tool and it is it is an inherent understanding of how to play the sport of, like you. of, of how to take your talents and be better than those talents now, that's really what makes a special player um I don't like how many how many yeah. of these players have that sixth tool for basketball. Yeah, yeah. Eddie Sutton called it the Valentine. That's the heart. 
Mm-hmm. That's the, I mean, that, how do you, how do you mean? That's a Corey Beck. That's a Clint McDaniel. That, I mean, I'm not telling anybody anything they don't already know. Don't see that with this team. Well, four games left is what I see. 877-377-6963 is our McClarty Daniel hotline. Hickey and Hole Law Partners are now here for you and all your legal needs in MENA and the Little Rock area. Hickey and Hole Law Partners specializing in divorce, custody case, civil litigations, and more. Having over seven decades of combined experience to better serve you and the community you live in. Please visit KevinHickeyLaw.com or call us at 479-434-2414 for a consultation or come by an office nearest you. Things are about to get better. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Dry January is over. Check out the new Valentine's Day specials like liquor-filled chocolates. They have Jack Daniels Store Pick Barrel and Willet Bourbon and Rye as well. Come by Eastside Liquor at 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith. Now back to the podcast. Welcome back into halftime, hour number three. We've got Clay Henry with us up until uh, the show ends, and then Ruskin and Zach will take you for the rest of the day. Bill Elson, Matt Jones, the C-Unit with us, too. It's halftime. Calls and texts on the McClarty Daniel hotline at 877-377-6963. A couple of callers held through the top-of-the-hour break, so let's, let's, uh, let's get to the phones. Talk to Chase, who's in Fort Smith first. Hey, Chase, appreciate you holding and for the call. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing well, Phil. Uh, I'm uh, here in Fort Smith. I want to talk about the uh, NFL PA especially regarding the Chiefs. Uh, it looked like they uh, they all were not very, not very happy uh, with uh, Clark Hunt. Um, as they're trying to get continued championships over and over and cap space is already an issue, you'd think that uh, the Hunt family would try to use the money that they have to improve the facilities, especially when that doesn't affect the cap space that you already have. So, what are you guys thoughts on that? Well, I mean, you might need sense, a new yacht. <laughs> uh, I guess they they were this was a very poorly reviewed team in this in this survey. Uh, the Chiefs got an F in nutritionist, locker room, training staff. Uh, you know, the best the best reviewed thing they had was a was a C minus. And let me see what that was in. They that, they that didn't really take matter. it seriously. The, what some of those you gotta you gotta wonder some of these things you know when Steve Spurrier's like I had the GA fill it out I mean the, I, I how do you think they really took it seriously the Chiefs got all those F's I I mean I would I would think so just because this is this is the players the like the labor's opportunity to at least like have uh, some sort of a voice that might carry weight with the rest of their with the rest of their membership you know like with the uh, like with Spurrier and a GA, was that about like postseason awards well, and all that? Yeah, kind of there stuff? was preseason All SEC uh, quarterback, and Tim Tebow didn't get. You know, South Carolina didn't vote for Tim Tebow, mm-hmm. and so Spurrier's like, "Well, I didn't fill. I've never filled those things out. You know, I had somebody else, and he had to go back and re. You know, and had to go it's back. Just and, top twenty ballot. He never filled. Yeah. It yeah. Well, yeah. Let, let me ask you then, I mean, Matt. If you didn't have this opportunity as a as a player, if you were given that opportunity, would you would you grade them honestly? I and go talk against the family. You don't. You don't do that. You you say good things about the family. 
you don't because uh, you want your play. You want you want your team to be able to bring in better players you, or, well, or players just, that you want to play in, with. Unless it's blatant and obvious, uh, you you live in a spoiled way. You you live in a don't you don't ever wait in line for anything. You know you live in a different world when you, when you're there. So it's it's uh, what are we what are you really complaining about? Man, I, I get what you're saying. It's all saying. first class. It's just what level of first class is it? Every every single thing they do is first class. You think there's anybody that's standing at a uh, Coke machine like David Justice uh, complaining that they soda money? Got to spend a buck fifty on a gotta Coke and soda money? Yeah. <laughs> or they just have it available for them now, or they're just like, you know, we're not doing soda here because there's not athlete. soda. Yeah, it's Gatorade and water. That's right, exactly. protein shakes. Uh, yeah, I mean, so I mean, it really sounded like um, like the caller is disappointed in in his team's grades you wouldn't trade all a's for a super bowl you know to you take the super bowl championship is what i'm saying here so they've obviously done something right which isn't just about drafting patrick mahomes there's other things too that go into this so yeah but i mean you'll take you'll i i would i would take the super bowl championship i guess over the steelers being graded as one of the worst in the NFL as it, far as it, it all of these aspects are concerned? It kind of feels like the Bears are going to trade Justin Fields and they're going to take Caleb Williams because you remember the Bears could have drafted Patrick Mahomes and they took a Mitch Trubisky instead of. Uh, so just saying all that, it's I think it's still so fresh in their mind and everything that's going on. I think I think Fields is going. Where'd Chicago rank on that? Where'd the Bears soldier feel? That's so iconic. I kind of wonder when you, when you were talking about it, Phil, where did Soldier Field rank? Where did Lambeau Field rank? And then I figured Las Vegas would have all A's. It's brand new. They they, they should have, be first class everything. Vegas has uh, three A's, a couple of B's, and a C plus. The Bears, um, you know, they're pretty much your classic. Come see, B, come saw. B minus to B student. Couple A's, three C's, two B's. You know, and maybe we can figure out a grade point average for some of these uh, franchises. By the way, Caleb Williams is saying all the right things now about Chicago. If they draft him, he's ready to play, ready to be a Bear. Michael Jordan, Walter Payton, Soldier Field, love the food, great city. You know, read an interview that he had about it. I thought there was a moment where he was, wasn't going to play for the Bears if they drafted him. Now he's ready to. Now he's ready to. So it doesn't seem like, is he asking for ownership of the team still? Slight little piece of the ownership if he's, uh, if he's drafted by Chicago. You know, they don't even want to play in Soldier Field anymore. So what's the what's the thought about you know like Eli saying you know he wasn't going to play for this team or that team? Well, I mean, what what's the thought on that? Does it does it finally just go away that he did that? Well, I, th- I think it's um, you know environment relationships with owners and coaches. I think when you have a guy like Archie Manning who's lived it and been through it, uh, wants to make make sure he goes to the right fit. I think there's a little bit of something like that. Yeah. Well, the and, and I, but it's like the Chiefs, they might not be perfect, but that's a good franchise, isn't it? Phil, I'm asking. That's the uh, that's the pay, the pay, the team that started the Patriots, that first team that that beat uh, you know the greatest show on turf with Tom Brady. That that front office, that's the Chiefs front office. The, all those people that were at the Patriots went ended up going to Kansas City. Hmm. Let's take a call from Charlie here. He's on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Hey, Charlie, what's up? What's up, guys? Uh, sorry I had to leave earlier, uh, but the tuna has his own personal barber. So his personal barber finally showed up, and he got his hair cut. And I couldn't look like a 
I couldn't be a hairy tuna anymore, really hairy tuna. My beard, Matt, was might have been longer than yours, so they were going to fire nice. me if I didn't do something. Do you, yeah, do man, you I mean, the, I'll, I'll, do you get the hot towel, Charlie? <laughs> yes, sir, but hey, I wanted to keep it like Matt, but man, they weren't going to let me. They, they was tripping, man. It, was, it wasn't going to happen. Can't sell, uh, Bill, can't sell insurance looking like Jeremiah Johnson. <laughs> or be involved in healthcare. It just it ain't going to happen. Hey, Phil, I was going to ask you, man. Uh, you know, that first picture that went out there yesterday for Grambling, if I heard you right, you did say he was actually able to throw. Uh, he had a little velocity, correct? Compared to anybody else they threw out there. Yeah, they had a guy, the first like- pitcher, I think, threw, yeah, he threw 80, 88 to 90. But, I mean, that doesn't mean he's a good pitcher. He's he, I mean, he, his ERA is well over 10. The second pitcher they flipped out there, um, I think, I I, try, I didn't even want to call it a fastball. It was 72. His changeup was like 56, 57 miles an hour. There's, you're not going to, you didn't learn anything about yourself facing a pitcher like that, or most of the pitchers they went out they went out with there yesterday. What, what yesterday is about to me is just the batters feeling a little better about themselves now, because you will feel a little better about yourself if you, you know, if you, you if you see next to your numbers. Bubba says this all the time. They put the batting average up on the video board when you come up to bat. You know, you can at least see it out of the corner of your eye. Doesn't matter if you hit against a guy that throws seventy five or one hundred and ten miles an hour. If you look at that number and it's higher than it was the day before, you might be a little better about things. Well. The next 11 games, batting averages should, should jump. I mean, that's just the way it works, right? And you get into SEC play, and they start to go the other direction. That's true. That is, that is absolutely true. And, you know, I mean, I wouldn't you – know, you're not going to have the kind of pitching performance that you saw last weekend on a, on, a, on a routine basis, but this is a Murray State team that's averaging almost nine runs a game. You know, they got a, they got a Friday starter, Jacob Pennington, that threw seven scoreless last week. Um, so they got a couple other pitchers with rather high earned run averages. So, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, too. you got to get these bats going. i uh, got a question about the baseball team from Andy in Springdale asking about Jared Sprague-Lock. Can he play the outfield? I don't think you want him to play the outfield. Uh, look, don't take the small sample, the small sample of a couple of games in which he made uh, four errors over at third base, and I think two of those errors were miscalled by the official score and should have been a base hit. I think he's going to be fine on the field. Yeah, his his uh, his history was great defensive player, good arm, weak bat, and it's, so I mean it's like it's it's flip flopped. Even Davis said that that that's not what they they saw in the fall. That's not what they saw when they scouted him. You know, looked at all the video, uh, but just go back to their third baseman last year, and I'm it's Caleb. Give me help, help me feel Callie. Callie. And he struggled, and then all at once he was lights out. So you got, you know, sometimes it's about being patient. Well, and I think it's about being patient for guys that are taking a step up in the competition, like Cali yeah. did from JUCO to SEC for Sprague Lot. The uh, shortstop, from, same thing. Yeah, for Aloy, it's the same thing. I don't feel that way about fielding, though. You know, because maybe the balls hit a little bit harder depending on what level you're at. But no, fielding, but it's just pressure right now. Yes, I think the the pressure is a little different. Stress. Maybe there is a little pressure that Relaxing. was in the back of Jared's mind on the throw that should have ended Sunday's game that tailed into the runner a little bit. But I, I don't. I'm not worried about him in the field. He's going to be fine at third base or second base or wherever he plays. He's not going to be an outfielder for this ball club.
You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at hitthatline.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.